0: Hi everyone and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and friends. And as I share often I trust that as we gather together around the Word of God we're becoming true friends in Jesus Christ. His Word is what feeds us and fills our lives and myself being a shepherd of God's people anyway, is Jesus says, If you love me, feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep, feed the lambs. Feed the lambs the good word of God so that you can grow thereby. We're looking at the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. What a powerful book. And we're now toward the end of the book. We're in chapter 21. In chapter 19, we have the second coming of Jesus Christ in glory, Revelation 19, 11 and following. Then we see the battle of Armageddon as the Antichrist. and. His um, warriors make war against Christ, and they lose that battle, bless the Lord. And then as we get into chapter 20, we look at the millennial reign of Christ. Christ reigns on earth for a thousand years. At the beginning of this millennium, there is a resurrection of the just, there is also Satan will be bound for a thousand years. So we reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years. Isaiah chapter 65 talks about this millennium in great detail. There are some that are in a theological camp called Amillennial do not believe in the millennial reign of Christ on the earth or that we're already in it. But I think chronologically, it follows the second coming in glory, not the rapture. The rapture is seven years earlier than the seven second coming in glory. So you have the rapture, you have believers will be um, rewarded at the beam of seat of Christ. You have the lamb Supper of the Lamb, Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And then you have the tribulation going on on the earth for seven years. And then Christ comes in all of his glory and majesty riding on a white horse. And we will follow him on horses as well. What a glorious day that will be. So chapter 20 is the millennial reign of Christ. There are still some rogue nations that won't bow their knee to Christ. And Satan will be let loose at the end of the thousand years. And he's let loose and he'll deceive the nations They'll come against the holy city and God will destroy them all at once. This is not the same um, battle that's talked about in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That particular battle took months to bury the dead. This one will be a fire burning from heaven to destroy the enemies of God much like um, fire and brimstone came on Sodom and Gomorrah back in the book of Genesis. So here in chapter 21, though, we come to another bright and brilliant chapter of Scripture. And today, let's see how many verses we can get through today. It says, And I, speaking of John, saw a new heaven, and a new earth. Now, the old heaven and the old earth were um, stained, as it were, or polluted by demonic activities, sinful activities on the earth and all, and so the Lord wanted to make a new heaven and a new earth. Talks about Second Peter chapter 3, 10-13, how that the old earth and heaven will be destroyed by fire and melt. So here in 21, verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. Right now, as you look at a globe that most of the earth is covered with Water that won't be necessary though in heaven there's a sea of glass there's uh, that area for the healing of the nations verse 2 it says and I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem the point of pleasure for God and for so many people through the years has been the city of Jerusalem, the city of peace. But now there's a new city. It's called the Holy City, the New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. So this New Jerusalem is suspended between heaven where God dwells and earth where man had been dwelling. Only remember, it's a new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. So it comes down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who is going to dwell in that city? Well, I believe it will be the church. It will be the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And it says in verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. One of the names for our Lord, where he is Emmanuel, God with us. And in John 1:1, in the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God. And then it says in verse 14, the word, the logos, the divine expression of thought, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle or the dwelling place of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them, and they shall be his people, and he shall be with them and be their God. It may seem like in this life that God is far from us or distant from us, particularly as we're going through travailing times or hard times. Sometimes we feel, we feel, I'm talking not about going by our faith, but we feel as if we're all alone, but I think the glory of heaven will be, we'll have his manifest presence with us all the time. God himself shall be with us. He will be our God. Now, verse four is probably one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible, Because in this life, believe it or not, I shouldn't say believe it or not, believe you me, I should rather say, um, a lot of suffering, a lot of heartache. On any given week, I know people are entering to the hospitals for surgery, sending their loved ones to battle in war, some losing loved ones, had someone just the other night lost their dear husband, and life has a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of suffering in this present evil world. Even the righteous, even the good people, we're not exempt from suffering. But there will come a time in the future where all that will be past. And I love verse 4, and I want you to hold on to this, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now, I have heard that many say, well, that's because of lost opportunity. There'll be tears in heaven. But I think this is just God's way of saying, there's no more sadness up here. No more sorrow up here. All the tears that you've been uh crying down here on the earth. Psalm, I believe it's 56, says that the Lord stores them in a bottle. He knows what you're facing. He knows you're hurt. You say, well, does he understand? Yes, he does, because Jesus was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. So God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, from the believer's eyes. I love that when you have a little child comes up to you after they're hurt and you, you see tears in their eyes and you take your shirt or a napkin or a handkerchief and you wipe them off and, and you say, I'll make it feel all better. There shall be no more death, no more death in and of ourselves and also of the loved ones that we love so much and we miss them so much when they're gone neither sorrow. There's just a lot of sorrow in this life, just making a living, paying our bills, physical things that happen to us, accidents, acts of violence, diseases, and all that. But in heaven, there's no sorrow there, no crying, no crying there. You know, I mean, maybe you're you're experiencing a lot of private pain right now and you're you cry yourself to sleep every night but in heaven that won't be part of the agenda there no more sorrow no more crying neither shall there be any more pain some of you dear ones are experiencing constant pain chronic pain in your body when that happens we We don't want to question God, but we go, God, I'm trying to be faithful to you. Why am I experiencing this pain? Well, it's just part of life. For the former things are passed away. I can't wait till that time when there's no more pain in our bodies, no more sickness, sadness, hurt, tears, and even in those that we love. He that sat upon the throne, verse 5, said, Behold, I make all things new. Isn't it nice when you've had something that's old and worn out, and then you get something new, maybe a piece of furniture or an automobile or something. You say, newer to me anyway. I'm talking about brand new. He makes all things new, and he said unto me, Right for these words are true and faithful. You say, is this something that may happen? No, this is something that will happen. Let's try to get down to about verse 10 today in this broadcast of Faith Life. And you're listening, and I'm Pastor Earl, and you are the friends, Pastor Earl and Friends, Faith Life. Verse 6, and he said unto me, it is done. The work on Calvary was finished when he said, it is finished. And now all the things God had intended to do and planned to do, he said, it's done, I'm finished. I am Alpha and Omega. This is, I believe, a direct inference to Jesus Christ who in chapter 1 In other chapters, he refers to himself as Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I love that verse in Philippians, He who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. When Jesus gave water to the woman at the well, he said, you're gonna drink this water and you'll thirst again, but I've got water you drink and you'll never thirst again. How we thirst for satisfaction in this world, but Jesus is the one that he gives us the water of life freely, and we will never ever thirst again. Verse 7, you've encountered a lot of trials, heartaches, difficulties, pain, severe times, and you have not quit. You have not renounced your faith. You've been obedient, and you've been an overcomer. That's how you know you're a true believer. True believers will fall, and they will fail, but they will continue to get up, And fight the fight. And I know some of you are very weary now in these last days of fighting the fight. But he that overcometh, so don't give up, shall inherit all things. I understand that in this training of the seals, there's a week, they call it Hell Week. One of the last weeks. And you're allowed during that time, if you want to give up to ring that bell but if you ring that bell it means that you'll never be a Navy SEAL well God doesn't want you to quit doesn't want you to give up don't ring the bell keep on overcoming and you'll inherit all things whatever he has will be there for you and I will be his God I love that, I love The 23rd Psalm, my favorite part of the chapter or the Psalm is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's that possession. He possesses me and I am in possession of him. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Think of all the glories of heaven. Think of all the beauty of heaven. Think of all that's up there and You're part of that inheritance, it will belong to you. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Now there's some bad news for the lost, for those that refuse to repent, for those that will not come to Christ. It says the fearful, we are not the fearful, we should be the faithful. Fear and faith cannot coexist together. One of them pushes the other out. But don't be a person that walks in fear. Be a man or woman that walks by faith. And unbelieving, we are believers. We believe in Christ. We believe in his power and all that he can do. But the fearful and unbelieving and all abominable, thinking about that word, it's just like it's an abomination. It's just so sinful and all murderers and whoremongers, those that would not enter faithful relationships and marriage and, and be faithful to that one man or that one woman, and they just choose to live their lives without purity, and they're whoremongers. And sorcerers, those that play in the occult, if you're a true believer, man, stay away from the occult. Stay away from demonism. Stay away from devils. Stay away from witchcraft. Stay away from whoremongering. Be faithful to the one that God gives you to be your mate. It says in all idolaters, you can only worship the true and living God. Don't worship the false idols of this present culture. And it says in all liars, if you're a believer, you'll be someone that wants to walk in the truth and tell the truth. They'll have their part in the lake of fire. And that lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We shared with you out of chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you haven't repented, you haven't received Christ as your Savior, then you will not be in the Lamb's book of life, and instead of the glory of heaven, you will have to experience the second death, the lake of fire. It says, and there came unto me one of the seven angels, perhaps the one that is talked about in chapter 17 and verse 1, which had the seven vials. Remember, there were the seals, the trumpets, and the vials, and they were poured out as the wrath of Almighty God, full of the seven last plagues. And that angel talked with me, saying, "'Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, "'the Lamb's wife, the believer's.' And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain for perspective, to see this from a bird's eye view, as it were, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So remember, in the end, there will be the new heaven, the new earth, and the New Jerusalem. And our dwelling place will be in the New Jerusalem. My dear friend, if you haven't received Christ, think about all the glorious things we talked about today. And Christ wants you to come to him. He won't force you. If the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart right now, say, oh Lord, I repent of my sin. I change my mind, my will, direction, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you're a believer and you're backslidden, you haven't lost your salvation. You just lost the joy of your salvation. Return to your first love like Revelation uh, 2 talks about in the church at Ephesus you've left your first love, return to your first love. Return to Jesus, he should be your all in all and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. If you'd like to let us know that you receive Christ or maybe you have a prayer request or you would like to sponsor us in some way, then please feel free to get me on my uh, email, charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. And also you can text me at 386-795-8494. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. This is Pastor Earl saying that I love you.